You're listening to the Pure Fury Creations Entertainment Network. The views and opinions expressed on this episode are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect the views, opinions, or philosophies of the PFC Entertainment Network or any of the affiliates that make this show possible. This show has also been rated M for mature audiences only. Welcome to a show that's as real as it gets. If you're looking for niceness, this is not it. Nope. <laughs> real topics, real conversation. Of course, you had to go open up a can of worms. <laughs> I did. And probably some real controversy. Or, like, I'm, I'm very blunt or whatever. It, it's only because, like, I really try to, like, say what's on my mind. It is like you kind of knew what was if you know who I am and you know what kind of person I am, like you knew it was coming. Jason Klaus, I mean, running on adrenaline, caffeine, and rage at this point. So let's roll. Amy Sheridan, like I have pains, I am old, and I have went through. This is the real podcast on the PFC Podcast Network, powered by Anchor.fm. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the real podcast here on the PFC Entertainment Network. I'm Jason Klaus. She is Amy Sheridan. Um, I love when the schedule breaks down like this because I've, I know, I've made mention of this. this. This is Amy week. And like, I look forward to Amy Weeks. Yeah. Uh, I know. I almost started out with, did you have any babies while I was gone? Any more babies? Any more babies pop up? (laughs) No, no more babies. I mean, there's, there's been changes, a lot of changes, but no babies. Okay. All right. At at this point, Amy, if, if, (laughs) if babies were an issue and I was responsible for that, I've got questions because... (laughs) Full, full disclosure, took the bullets out of the gun a few years ago. You, you know what I'm saying? I, um, I so if, you. <laughs> uh, it, uh, that's not a thing for me anymore, um, by and large. So, like I said, something like that comes up. Uh, we're having a conversation. Uh, be that as it may, it's great to see you. How's things? Um, things are good. Uh, good to see you, too. I, I, this week, you know, usually it's kind of like, oh my goodness, you know, like, it feels like I just did this last week, but this week was a little bit different. Like this week, I swear it feels like ages since we recorded and it it really wasn't, you know, um, I don't, maybe it was just, it's just been a long, a long couple of weeks and you know, I'm gearing for my orders, which I will say, like, so my cookie orders, right? 
So I did like a, a, a pre-order because I was like, you know what? Like, I know that I baked all these cookies for my pop-up sale that I was going to have, like right before Easter. And I, I was super excited about that. And I was like, you know, maybe I'll ask people for their pre-orders so I can make sure that I bake like enough so that, you know what I mean? Right. I So that I know that I will have, I will be damned if I sold out of every fucking pre-order, like every cookie that I, I already baked for this pop-up sale. I don't even think, and they're still coming in and it's really fucked up. Because I can't, I can't bake, keep baking all these cookies. Like, I don't think I'm going to have a pop-up sale anymore. I, like, I think I'm just doing these orders. <laughs> and I might have, like, a couple extra boxes for pop-up stuff. Like, and that's just, okay, you're coming to my house to pick up your cookie order. Hey, just so you know, I have some extras if you're interested kind of a deal. Because I just can't, I mean, it's, like, over... Over 300 cookies that I have had. Yeah. 300 cookies. And I still have to decorate all of those 300 cookies. I just don't decorate them until it gets closer. Um, right. Because these, these sugar cookies, um, they stay good for two weeks. So when I decorate them, um, I just want to make sure that they will be um perfect for easter and like a week after you know what i mean so i'm gonna i'm just gearing towards that and i just like sorted all my orders and it's like every time i look at friggin facebook or my messages it's like ding hey can i get like two dozen it's like oh okay let me just put your name down what day do you want <laughs> i knew this was gonna happen it's been so crazy i did not expect it like at oh, all. I did. When, when you first said, I am going to embark on this, and I had seen a couple of pictures of things that you had done in kind of like a trial thing. I'm like, she's this this is gonna explode faster than she anticipates. And I was absolutely right. Um, because what you're doing is fucking awesome. And I haven't even had the pleasure. Of trying one. I'm just based, I, I'm basing it on what one. they look like. Huh? I said, and I have one for you. Yeah. I, well, listen, I will you give know, you your own special package. WrestleMania is this weekend. It like, is. As, as this show drops, it is night one of WrestleMania. So, like. Isn't that so I, exciting? I, I'm excited for you. Because I'm watching your posts. I'm watching, like, I follow the Juju Sweets uh, page. I, you know, the network has shared it. This show account has shared it. I have shared it personally um, because I wholeheartedly endorse what you're doing. And I endorse anybody, I mean, unless you're a complete and total fuckhole, but that's, that's a different story. Anybody that tries to embark on their own path, their own dreams, their own goals, I am 100% on board with that. And with you, just because of the dynamic that you and I have had, and for as long as we have known each other, like I want nothing more than for this thing to explode to the point to where you can conceivably sit there with your husband, Tim, and, be, and start weighing out pros and cons. Like, what if this became more of a, 
a bigger part of our general income. You know what I'm saying? Because right. a person who loves what they do will never work a day in their life. Like yeah. I maintain that. I know. And like, I, again, I, I mean, I, I know that I've said this in different, um, a different podcast. Like I despise the actual baking part of it, even though they taste great. Like I don't like baking stuff. I love the decorating and stuff like the art that goes into it, like how hard it is. <laughs> like cheese and rice if I oh my god if I had like a quarter for every bag of icing I have had to throw out because the consistency was just not there and there was like lumps on the cookie or whatever like I don't want it to look all gross and frumpy and and nasty like I want it to look as like cute and tight and smooth and just just Awesome. You know, like I, I love the art and how it's kind of like painting. Like I love painting. And if you put like one color in like the wrong spot, like the whole painting is scrapped, you know, like you, you, it's really hard to fix that kind of stuff. Same goes for these cookies. But um, a, a lot of people don't know. And I didn't really put it out there. Um, number one, because, you know, it's it's a little personal kind of for me, like, and I mean, not that I don't want to share stuff like that. It's just, I, I don't feel like I should have to, like, I feel like I want people, if they're going to buy my cookie, like I, I want them to purchase my cookies because they're beautiful and the art is beautiful and they taste good and they really enjoy it. You know, like I don't, I don't want to be like, okay, well, this is the actual reason why I'm making them. And then people feel bad and then they're like, oh, okay, I'll buy your crappy cookies. You know, like, so even though they're not crappy, I'm just saying, like, I have been put, this is the whole reason why I stopped buying Girl Scout cookies. Like, I'm not a fan. I just, and actually, I'm not a big cookie eater either. Like, I have had out of, out of the th over 300 that I have made so far, I have only ate one and a half of these cookies. One and a half out of like 300 and something. And I've been baking for, for like months to, you know, get with this. You you got to freeze the dough and all that stuff. And, you know, for these big, huge orders. But the reason why I bake is I am... Well, I, I want to invest a little more into the business getting, you know, a, a couple a couple little things here and there that I don't have yet that are a little bit more on the expensive side, but they make things a lot easier in helping create this art. Um, but the rest of the money um, I wanted for my son Chase, he's in band and he is in golf and he is a percussionist and he's an amazing golfer. As a matter of fact, he actually qualifies for the junior PGA tour and we were not able to put him in this year. Oh. Um, yes. So what we are doing is we are going to get him um, golf lessons, swing coach lessons from a pro. 
and from you know here and here in Lapeer so it's like it's relatively cheaper but it's kind of like hockey hockey is one of those expensive sports that like it drains you well we're not millionaires like we work hard for our money and everything and usually you know we put everything like into into our kids and our animals and you know like that's what we like to do but I just figured, you know, okay, well, if I do this and I can make a little bit more money on the side and, you know, things will go to like his band trips and because they're going to Mackinac Island and they're going to these band festivals and all that stuff costs money. And, you know, when they get their band books, it's like what they have you do nowadays is um, their fundraisers are selling like pizza kits. I don't know if anyone has had one of these little Caesar pizza kits. They are the most disgusting cardboard pizza piece of shit kit. And I don't like selling that shit. I hate it. I hate getting a book and being like, here, family, if you really love my children, you will purchase these crazy expensive, disgusting, but edible items. And out of a $20 pizza kit, our kids make six bucks. Well, let me tell you, a package of three cookies that I have made is $8. So three delicious cookies for $8 versus a disgusting little Caesars pizza kit. And you're paying 20 bucks, but our our kids are only getting six bucks of that, of that one kit, six bucks. So that's a bunch of bullshit. So I'm like, okay, if I can just, do this and just as a side hustle like that's how it kind of all started like i'd be able to you know afford more things and like easily afford them and you know like i can put like half towards his swing coach and half you know because that's the sport that chase loves and it's stupid expensive it it golf is for a kid and like getting serious in it and like really liking it, it it's like hockey. Again, it's it's stupid expensive. Uh, it shouldn't be, but it is. Right, um, right. And band, band is expensive as well. You know, like you have to pay for all these trips that they go to to these band festivals. And with Chase, like we constantly, you know, we we get him like new drum new drumsticks. Um, he. They're not allowed, percussionists are not allowed to take their instruments home. Right now, we rented um, a a bell kit for him, but he doesn't play the bell kit anymore. So we have to now return that to Port Huron Music. And um, because it was like way too expensive for us to just purchase it, you know, so they like let kids rent these instruments. So all of the different drums and stuff is at the school. And so they provide that for Chase. But the kids aren't allowed to take it home and practice. So what does he have to practice? Nothing. He has nothing to practice. So like for Christmas, we got him an actual like whole electronic drum kit that has like different sounds and stuff. But now he's getting into some more advanced instruments. And we'd really like to, you know, uh, purchase some of these instruments, have them at our house so that he can practice and when he grows out of them we can donate them it's kind of like what we do for his golfing we purchase his golf clubs for he's in the first tee program first tee of eastern michigan this program is amazing for these 
these these these children. Um, they do give out these scholarships to help these kids along, but everything we purchase for Chase, as soon as he grows out of it, we donate him right back to the program. You know, like we don't have to do that, but you should see some of these kids. They friggin' love it and they can't afford it. So they're using, you know, like old, old golf clubs. And when I say old golf clubs, some of these kids were using wooden golf clubs. Wood. They were made out of wood. No, no, no. So we purchase these items and then we just donate them back to the program as soon as Chase is out of them and they will help the other small kids that get into this program. They teach you a bunch of stuff um, about honesty and trust and, you know, life skills. And we really like that. And they have like a workbook that they have to complete, you know, every year and they have a tournament every year. And it's like, it's really good for these kids. And being a recluse like our kid, and he doesn't like to be touched. And, you know, like this sport, he really took <laughs> on to. Not a lot of people get that about golf. You know, they all think, oh, it's so boring. But it actually teaches you a lot, you know, and, and about being honest with yourself because it's it's a single person's game, you know, like it's just amazing and it's an amazing program and you know obviously band is awesome and i love my little band nerds and um you know the little band nerds friends and you know their parents and this this is they're expensive you know so that's it's what a shame that they make it so expensive that there is a demographic of kids that never have an opportunity to do that just because for whatever reason they can't afford it right. You know, they sit there and they want to sit, you know, we need more kids to be involved in, like music is a big one. Like a lot of times these, these districts that, uh, if they're looking to make cuts, music is usually one of the first things to go. You know what I mean? And it's cool. I absolutely hate that. I am not a musician. Like I appreciate music, but I am not a musician. I am not that talented. Nope. But. How are we going to get like music is one of those things that is universally accepted around the world. It's one of the few things that is. So why are we making it so difficult for kids who have a genuine interest and or talent to be a part of this and to continue that trend? It it sucks, but that's that's where we are. And it has been that way for a long time. To the point to where you know you got parents like you that are trying to find different ways creative ways to make ends meet or just to get a little bit more money in the bank account so that you can put your kid in, in into these kind of situations sports is the same thing um it's just but when you when you compare the two it feels like a lot of districts things like sports and i'm not i'm not discounting what their impact is but in the grand scheme of things, I feel like there's more opportunity to get your kids involved in some sort of sport that they're involved in over versus something like music. It's like higher on the, on the pecking board because everybody puts so much stock into sports and results and ratings and championships and all this other shit. Well, you're not teaching them anything. You're teaching them that winning is the only thing that fucking matters. And that's not how it works in real life. Right. Uh, you get it. an activity like music that is as individualized as it gets you know what i mean because what you do with your instrument is a hundred percent on you and you are a representation of that 
So you want to be able to, to provide them the best opportunity to learn and to grow and to nurture that talent. And like, I understand the frustration that a lot of parents go through. Like my kids, like my son is almost a prodigy for baseball. Like the kid, even with, with his knee surgeries and all this other shit, he is, he is on people's radar. My daughter is now involved in gymnastics and, you know, things and cheerleading and things of this nature. And it's like, that's cool. But at the same time, what are we teaching these kids? And I, I know I just kind of went off on, on the sidebar there, but that's OK. That's OK. Um, I, I just feel like things like music and, and the importance that it is to the world. Because you can't listen to anything without music being incorporated in some way or another. Right. It's in every goddamn TV ad. It's in every movie that you watch. It's, a, you know, it's on every podcast. If it's, you know, well, I, I guess I shouldn't say every podcast. But more often than not, there's some sort of intro music, outro music. You're listening to ads on the podcast. There's music in the background. Yeah. You know. Scores. You, scores. Like, yeah. You don't even realize it. I mean, when you're when you're watching a movie, if you watch it with your ears plugged and like you know all the lines to the to the movie, like let's say it's a sad movie, like um, Marley and Me. I've actually never watched that movie because any movie with a dog, I'm going to assume that the dog dies, and I can't watch it from that point. So I, I've I've never seen that movie, just so everyone knows, but. I've heard that that is a tearjerker. So I'm assuming that if you if you plug your ears, and I, I have done this before to stop myself from crying, music brings out certain emotions. So when you're watching a scene and people acting out a scene, if you cannot hear the background music, like the score behind it, it brings out, like, there's, like, no emotion. It does not bring out the emotion in you. All you're doing is listening to their voices, and that's it. So music has such a bigger part to play. And actually, I'm going to go one step further and say that art is just as equally important. Now, you were mentioning your kids. So your daughter's in gymnastics and getting into cheerleading. Every time I have seen your little girl, and I shit you not, I have always thought she is going to be one hell of a little artist. She she's so goddamn creative. She her is hair, her clothes, like she's colorful. She's just so creative. And I'm like, she is going to just paint shit and create shit. And that stuff, that's amazing because that also draws out like emotions and feelings and, and relieving stress. And like, that's why I do it. You know, like I didn't even take any art classes when I was in high school. I wish I would have because I probably wouldn't be behind the curve. But painting is so therapeutic and it's it's awesome to create. It's awesome to create. Like now I'm looking at art and like all of these different forms, even by decorating a stupid cookie, you know, but it's like it's not stupid to me. Like that's that's my canvas. That's the perfection. So like band, art, all that shit. It's so important too. I think the sports aspect gets you into gets you into something a little bit different. It teaches 
teaches you different skills. And I'm not talking about athletic skills. I'm talking about depending on what it is, like teamwork skills. Discipline. And discipline. Yes. Like there's there's different skills involved with sports that I think are taught um, that are not, I mean, discipline is definitely taught in band. Like it's, you have to practice all the time, every time if you want to achieve greatness. But I hate that shit too, because it's like, especially with like art and music, it, it's like, how do you define greatness? Right. You know, like, how do you define greatness? Because I'm pretty sure that Leonardo da Vinci, you know, didn't have art classes and didn't care whether or not his lines were straight, but he went down as one of the best artists in the entire world, you know, and, and that shit is just, ugh. and my favorite is Van Gogh. I am dying to go to that, that Van Gogh exhibit. Yes. I've seen so many videos and I'm like, oh my God, how amazing, you know, just, just amazing. And art can take so many forms, but yes, I have always seen your daughter as a little artist. She is, she is, she has a very creative mind and it's, whereas Austin has, you know, at a very early age, he has known what he's wanted to do. And everything that he has done since he came to the conclusion, this is what I want, this is where I want to go, that's been his focus. That's, he has geared everything towards reaching those goals. Liberty, on the other hand, a little bit more uh, free-spirited. You know what I mean? She yeah. is very much, I'll take it a day at a time. You know, And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I would like for her uh, to have something of an idea. But, but then I think about Jeff, my brother Jeff, whereas I was like, I knew what I wanted. I knew where I wanted to go. I knew what, ha what I had to do to get there. That's what I focused on. He was a live it in the moment kind of guy. And he made it work for him. It drove me nuts at, at, at times. <laughs> and, I've, and I have no doubt that as Liberty gets older, you know, she's, she'll be 10 years old this year uh, in August. Um, as she, I, I'm hoping that she'll, as she gets older, she'll start to kind of figure out, okay, like, I know I want to go here and I know this is where I have to be, but I'm not going to take the straight and narrow. Like I'm going to, you know, bounce around. She is very much an explorer. Like what happens if this happens and what happens if I do that? Or, you know what I mean? She's, she's got to know how shit works, why things are the way the way that they are. She processes that and she's like, eh, okay. And she'll continue doing her thing. But like with her hair, her nails, her dresses, like she is very, at nine, almost 10 years old, she has a very keen eye and she knows what she wants. She knows what she likes. A lot of kids don't, you know, they're all over the fucking board. She knows what she likes, and it's like, okay, I'm going to entertain this idea, but it comes back down to what I truly want. And she puts that shit on full display in her presentation. Right. Oh. And and that can actually, the two personalities can actually differ very greatly from each other in, in, in when, when we're talking about, like, happiness, okay? So happiness is like doing what you love. 
so you have Austin on one hand who knows what he wants to do, is living his his best life doing it, has this plan, has everything all sorted out. And you have Liberty who's like, oh, hey, well, whatever happens, happens. And, you know, she's that, that free spirit, creative, like she likes kind of like everything, wants to try everything, but, you know, like doesn't exactly know what it is yet. Right. So the minute that Austin gets to where he is, where he wants to be what's to say that austin is not truly happy austin will have no backup plan because all austin has wanted was right in from him right in front of him and he worked so hard and so that can make a kid spiral whereas liberty she's probably gonna like literally try everything and see what fits her see what she likes to do and that is going to bring her, I think, more happiness, where I think it will take Austin maybe a little bit longer if something diverts him from his one path. And that can get a little tricky. Yeah. You know, sure. so I don't, I mean, he's he's got awesome parents that love him very much. Both, both of them do, you know. Both of your kids have have good parents that is going to support them in all of their endeavors and make sure that they know that it's okay. Um, even when things get tough. So that kind of brings me to my weird topic this week, uh, which is the tough conversations that we have to have with our with our kids. And like kind of how, how we go about that. So I know uh, one of, he's going to kill me because I know he listens to this show, but I'm going to talk about Matt. Because he, of course, was my, um, you know, he's the one that made me a mama. And he's the one that I had to have the, the tough conversations first. And like when he was going so, so matt was born with an overactive pituitary gland and with that uh he grew bigger and his organs grew bigger and everything like rocket speed so the doctors always told me okay just so you know heads up your kid is going to experience puberty early like way early like earlier than what normal kids do and i'm like okay so when he was seven, he started going through it. And I had to I had to have those tough conversations with him. Now I will say that as soon as a situation came up about puberty, I'm not going to say what conversation because I, do, I don't want him to be embarrassed, you know, sure. even though he probably, I don't I don't even think he would be. He has a damn shirt that says, ask me about my circumcision for Christ's sakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he's, he's such a quirky kid. I just adore him. Um, but when he first started noticing the change, I, I had to have that talk. But first... 
um, because his dad wasn't really in my picture <laughs> at that point in time. Um, I, I was there in my house all alone, which with with Matt, and I had to I had to call Tim, and I'm like, "You're a dude." <laughs> He's like, "Yeah, I know." I was like, "You need to tell me how I can explain this to him because I don't know how I don't know how a penis works." I don't know. You know, I I don't have one. I I had no idea. I had no idea where to look. And so, oh my goodness. Thank God. <laughs> you know, Tim kind of directed me on how to talk to that little of a kid who started going through early because of that condition. How to explain things to him and how to have these really hard tough conversations with them. Um, I thank God for that conversation and that I was so open with him and honest with him uh, and appropriate with him. Like, just because we were talking about that certain stage did not mean that I just went through all the stages and explained to a seven-year-old, you know, like how all this shit works. No, no, no. <laughs> no, I didn't do that. It was like one step at a time, one grouping at a time. And I think that's when it started like clicking in with Matt that like even though we were having these tough conversations about the changes in his body and like certain things, you know, like private and, you know, just very personal to him. I think that's why Matt was always able to come with me or come to me with any of his issues, no matter big or small, like the most embarrassing issues you could ever imagine. Like he comes to me and I am so grateful. Like I am so grateful. And I am, I'm just straight up and honest with him. Like I've, I've always wanted that, that relationship with my children that I wanted them to be able to come with me no, no matter what it is, you know, and know that I will not judge them. I will help them any way that I can, you know, and, and he still does to this day. Like we have really, really tough conversations. Um, and I'm just, you know, I, I'm wondering, like, have you, have you had those tough conversations? Like, how did you kind of get through it? You know, like, I know that I kind of had, like, I had to ask Tim because I wasn't quite sure how that, you know, all worked. And um, he had told me to go to, a, like, a library. So I went to a library. I got, like, a biology book. And I was, like, looking through it. And I was showing Matt and explaining and, like, really getting prepared for this really tough conversation, you know. Um, and that was just kind of, like, thanks to him that I could get these ideas you know, to, to have these conversations. It's, uh, it's ironic that you're bringing this up because, um, sometime last year I got into a conversation with a friend of mine at work. His son was coming into the teenage years and you know, the changes were happening and my buddy is kind of <laughs> extraordinary. Okay. okay. Like he doesn't grasp uh, the fundamentals of life, the black and white parts, uh, like most people do. And it's because of how he was raised, how he was brought up, the dynamic with his, his parental units. Um, and he asked me, you know, how, how do you go about embarking on, on this conversation? And I had, I had had that conversation with Austin because like he 
people are starting to experience things that were happening with him and he wasn't really sure what, what the fuck was happening. And so I had to sit and I, you know, I don't have a checklist. Okay. We're going to talk about this. So we're going to talk about that. And ah. it, it was, it's very individualized, you know, it's based on what are you bringing me? What are you bringing? You know, what are you asking? And then I will do the best I can to explain it in a way that you are comfortable with talking because that comfort level is what's most important because if they feel weird, odd, um, embarrassed, anything like that, like they're, they're not going to be as fully engaged on something this important. So I'm like, well, dude, how, how, how were you taught about the birds and the bees and shit you not, Amy, (laughs) this motherfucker tells me straight up. He's (laughs) Oh my God! You know it's gonna be good. Oh, I thought it was a joke, but it, he assured me that it was not. Like his father sat him down at the kitchen table, threw, threw down two or three issues of Hustler magazine, and said, "Look through this, and if you have any questions, ask." Me. Oh my God! <laughs> that doesn't. Explain shit. And I said, so and so. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. He he listens to the show too. I I said, no wonder you're so fucked up, man. (laughs) (laughs) Because I because that there are moments in life as a parent. Especially if you are a man who has a son. Like, these are one of those moments that you gear up for. Like, you have to prepare for this conversation because you know what's happening. For this guy, it was, he got thrown a stack of magazines. And I mean, (laughs) just, you know, the nature of those magazines. And then you're supposed to look through that and be like, Okay, I have questions. So, well, you don't even know what the fuck you're asking. You know, you're looking at these pictures and you, you know that it explains nothing. Yeah. So, I kind of went through I was like this is what I did. This is, you know, and and I and I did. And it wasn't a one and done thing. And anybody that thinks that you you know you're you're going to block out a 2-hour block of time to sit down with your child and say, "Okay, this from A to Z, this is what happens. This is why it happens. This is what you're probably going to experience. This is how you're going to feel, blah blah blah." It does not work like that. No, it doesn't. Uh, If if you're being honest. Well, in some of them, I'm so sorry to cut you off. I didn't mean to do that. Um, Some of them. I'm used to it. They're just, oh, that makes me feel so bad. No, I'm not kidding, Amy. That's not towards you at all. Okay. Talk about personally, but that's okay. (laughs) Well, I apologize. No, no, no. Um. Uh, yeah, like it, it, you're absolutely right, you know, because like, you may be talking about like, just the first startings of the change, like maybe they're getting like armpit hair, maybe they're starting to have like a little bit of that BO smell, you know, and like, you want to kind of make sure that your kid is, you know, you're like, whoo, you are stinky, like you need to get in that shower, you know, like you don't want, I always told my kids, like, you don't want to be the stinky kid in class, guys. Right. And they're just like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, 
it's the stinky kid in class, like, get in the shower, you know, and they're boys, and they're just like, I don't need no shower, just rub some dirt on it, you know, whatever. Um, you know, but both of them, it was just kind of like, okay, you know, this is, this is what this is, and, and when you're at a certain age, it's like, just because you're talking about these certain changes doesn't mean, oh, we're going to have the, the sex talk, because, like, that's, that's, like, a, on a whole nother level. It's just a whole nother level. And so like what you want to do in those certain situations is you want to start out with, you know, first of all, like if you don't know what you're talking about, do your research, ask somebody and don't be afraid to ask someone. And it doesn't matter if you're the male or the female. And I, I totally like understand that, you know, usually like guys are like, oh, this is it this is the big moment, you know, like that's usually when, you know, father, son bonding time, you know, it's like they learn all that stuff from you and it, it's such a great moment. But for some of us that didn't really have that option, um, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and do low blows or anything, but, you know, for, for people that got out of those awesome conversations, um, it's kind of like, you just can't, you can't be afraid of it. And like those certain moments, those moments define moments later on and, and define, you know, your, your child's comfortability with you later on to come to you and talk to you about those certain things. Like I never even got the talk. I never even got the talk. Like I, I learned from my friends, you know, like there wasn't. How many kids do that though? How many kids in this day and age, that's how they find out. Okay, so I I didn't know anything about like shaving my legs um, until I got made fun of in like seventh grade and I went home crying and yeah, like seventh grade and I went home crying and then my mom was like, oh yeah, okay, well, I guess we should shave them then. And then, then she taught me how to shave my legs. And it was kind of like, you're so late to the game because all these girls are shaving their legs and I'm still like, you know, I didn't realize it because I wasn't really paying attention to other women's legs, you know, or anything like that. Like, I didn't know anything about that stuff. And then it was kind of like, I was very like late to the game-ish, you know, and finding out all this crap from my friends and half of the shit's not even true, you know, because they're just going off of what they fucking think or, you know, who knows? Who knows? But like, I would rather, I would rather them hear it from me than, than one of their friends, you know, um, I know this guy that their kid was looking at porn and it was like before they had like the sex talk, you know, so they were already looking at that smut garbage because, you know, phones are available now. So that's like a thing. And I, I told him, I said, listen, you're going to have to sit him down and be like, listen, relationships are nothing like that. Like, right. if you think that you're going to go have sex and this is what it's going to be like, it's not. Like, our job as parents is to educate these kids that, like, putting down a magazine, that's funny that you say that because... All women's breasts don't look like that. All women's bodies don't look like that. That is nothing like what you are going to see in real life. That is a fantasy. And I had, you know, I, I had, because 
my my friend had you know already went through that I had talked to Matt about that like I don't know what you've seen yet or what you haven't but I just want to let you know like that is not what to expect when you're making love with somebody you know like and it's it's making love or it should be about making love and not just having sex like it's just like one of those things and so I had to have like that kind of conversation you know where it's like what you're seeing online and in magazines and in movies that shit is not real life like I wish it was I wish sex was that great all the time but it's it's not you know like I'm not saying that sex isn't great. I'm just saying it's not like that. Right. You know, like nothing is ever like that. I, I, unless you're the fucking porn star making the movie, you are not going to have some fucking babysitter come and like try to molest you and have sex with you. Like it's just, or a, a pizza fucking delivery guy or, you or know, maintenance a guy or man, like that shit just doesn't, it doesn't exist. It's not real, you know, like that's not really what happens in relationships. And so you have to prepare them for like the actual instead of the, the fantasy. And then that stuff, well, I'll back up. When you talk about those things, you have to talk about it when it's actually appropriate. So definitely be mindful of their age, what they're experiencing, and whether or not you have to go like maybe a step further or just let them know, hey, you know, just so you know, there's there's other changes that are going to happen. And when those things do happen, like, you know, such as yada and kind of like give an explanation, like a small one so that they know kind of what to expect. So they're not freaked out by it. And when that happens, they can come to them as well, you know, and be like, hey, when this happens, you know, feel free. I'm My door is always open, you know, like no judgment. That's totally normal. You got it, you know. Uh, and and that shit uh, later on when you get through that, that starts to open the door for more serious matters too. Because now like they're they're uber uber comfortable with you, and they feel like they can tell you anything. Um, so they start talking about their friendships and relationships. And one thing I want to note is make sure that you're actively listening to them. That's so important. They're looking at you. They're telling you these things. And if all you're doing is like looking down at your phone and then looking back up at the thing, that's not actively listening. That's like half-ass listening and showing them that they're really not as important as what the whatever the fuck you're looking at on your phone. Like, especially when they're being, you know, super serious and trying to confide in you in something. That can, like, ultimately send them running to someone else. And that's what you don't want. You know, you don't want them to look at somebody else. You want them to be, like, you want to be readily available when they come to you for any reason. So. That's a good point. And and the one thing, that that's a huge difference between when we grew up to how you know our kids are growing up now because of the electronics because right. of social media because of the world wide web uh, it's that none of that shit was at our disposal at at that time and you make very good points here number 1 the i mean bottom line you need to establish within the within the realms of that relationship that you are a safe haven you are somebody that they can come to 
And number one, they're not going to be made to feel stupid. They're not going to be made to feel embarrassed. They're not going to be made to feel like what they're feeling, saying, thinking does not matter. Um, we have that opportunity to provide them with that, that sense of safety, for the lack of better terms. Because if they don't feel safe, they're going to be guarded. And when they're guarded, you're only getting bare minimum, right? Yeah. So more parents, and uh, you know, and it really hammers home with like like my friend at work. You know, as parents, we have that opportunity to provide that that safe haven. Clearly, there are aspects, especially in this day and age, because of the internet and cell phones and 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 the computers and, and all that stuff. People will will deflect kind of, and I'll say it, our responsibility as parents to teach our children what the fuck is really happening versus what is perceived or presented as a false reality. Like we have that opportunity and people don't want to do that because they are also experiencing the same kind of feelings. They're not comfortable talking about this. They don't know. How. Okay, if you don't have all the answers, you can find out together. You know what I mean? Or you can navigate through this so that both parties of the conversation are, be, are on something of, of the same page. Like, I don't know how to answer your question. Like, I know it. I just don't know how to illustrate it. Let's figure it out. Let's just right. talk. You know what I mean? So... We as I mean, so many parents are failing their kids nowadays because it's too hard. Yeah. Anything that has any kind of resistance or causes us any kind of ill feelings, like some sort of anxiety or or, or something like that, we will deflect that. We will defer that to some other realm. Here, look at this. This tells you this is sex101.com. This will tell you everything that you need to know. No, that's not. You know what I mean? There's got to be, there's got to be that personal conversation, that connection, because well, it's you're the what? you're the one that that had the child, right? Even if you're you're not the one, like let's say you're a step parent or you're you know a role model or an aunt or something. The child came to you for a reason, and that's because they feel comfortable with you, right? Sometimes, like, when Matt didn't feel comfortable going to Tim, but it was, like, seriously, like, a Tim question. And this is, you know, like, later on when, because when this happened, like, me and Tim were just, I, I think we were just, no, we were seeing each other. Yeah, we were just, we were just dating. Like, I don't even think Matt knew that we were dating or whatever, but I referred to him because, like, he was, he was there, you know, like. Right. I knew he was somebody that I, I could ask and he'd be honest with me and help me out here. Um, but some parents will be like, oh, no, don't talk to me. Like, that's that's your dad's department. And it's kind of like you just missed out on a really good opportunity. They're coming to you for a reason. They feel comfortable with you enough to ask that you, like, won't judge them and you just basically pass them off. So when Matt did this, um, and he came to me for something that, you know, like Tim was living with us at that time. It was just kind of like, 
I had let him know, you know, I, I'm not really knowledgeable on that, but, you know, if you would like, if you feel comfortable with it, like, could we talk to, you know, both together so that, you know, you're not alone. Could, could we talk to Tim about this? Because he, I know he knows a lot about that. And he'd be like, yeah, okay. You know, and, and then it kind of like opened him up. And then, so we brought Tim in and I you know, kindly explained the situation to Tim and Tim gave him, you know, advice and was able to sit there and talk to him. And that like opens up that communication door for them too. So it's like, you both can sit down, like don't diminish that fact. And you have an opportunity if they only feel comfortable with you, you know, like you have that opportunity to also let them know that so-and-so is there for them as well. You know, like, especially if you're not really knowledgeable on it. And don't just, like, give them fucking advice or or talk to them about shit that you don't know about. You were absolutely spot on when you said, like, hey, let's find and Like, I, I'm not quite sure about this, so let's find out together. You know, like, it's not passing them off. It's wanting to find out more because you don't want to give them the wrong information. Right. You know, and, and this this leads to more serious things. Like, I have had talks about sexual orientation, about their partner sexual orientation. I've had the suicide talk, the depression talk, the 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 father talk. You know, like we have had probably the most serious conversations that I have ever had with anybody with my son. And I will forever feel grateful for that, that I have that kind of relationship with him. But it it starts with you. You know, like it starts with the parent. You're the parent for a reason. Like, just don't be ignorant. And these these things are so important because, you know, a lot of a lot of people, they are touched by suicide. You know, the suicide rate with kids today is just astronomical and insane. And if you can do anything to help them, you know, like, why the fuck are you not doing it? And I'm not I'm not even saying that, you know, the, the kids that do that, they, they hadn't had that relationship with their parents. You know, like, who knows? But it's it, it definitely helps out a lot if you do have that kind of relationship with your child, you know, and, and maybe you can pick up on things and pick up, you know, like, when you're really engaged in your children's lives, like, you know, you can usually tell a pattern of behavior when they're off, you know, and, and then you going to them and saying, you know, hey, are you okay? Like, is there anything you want to talk about? Like, having that rapport with them is amazing and awesome. And, you know, it obviously it's, it's not for every single case, but I, I think there should definitely be a lot more of that. You know, I think that's definitely something lacking in this world. You know, females you know, are usually quick to say, oh, I'll just handle my daughter's problems. And the man can, you know, the dad can handle the son's problems. Well, if you both can sit there and have a conversation, you know, like you don't just have to pass it off. The thing of it is, is that when you have conversations on this level, you know, we, we've spent a tremendous amount of time talking about like the sex factor, the yeah. talk, you know, the birds and the bees, whatever you fuck you want to call it. But it usually starts with that. Right. But you're laying out these different scenarios that are as individualized as anybody. Like the conversations that you've had with your son, another parent is not going to have because it just does not fit into their their equation you're talking about things like you had to have the dad talk you know 
I can only imagine how difficult that may have been. The sexual orientation thing now is on full, full display because everything is just, when we were growing up, it was like less than a handful of different things to, to address, you know, now it's splintered (laughs) into so many different aspects. It's not as big as a shock as what the child may think it is. It's just like, oh, okay. Now, you know. (laughs) Okay. Is is that it? (laughs) Like for, I look at, I mean, aside from the conversations that I've had with my son as he's gotten older, as puberty has become a thing. Like, I've had to have very serious conversations with them about death, not suicide or anything, because that's that's another, that's a whole different aspect. I'm talking about death in general. My kids have experienced more deaths to people that are extremely close to them in a concentrated amount of time than most kids their age do. So I've had to sit down with them. You know, first it was my mom. Then it was uh, Carrie's dad. And, like... Those were bad, very bad, especially Carrie's dad, because that happened so quick. But when Jeff died and the age and and the uh, the dynamic that my brother had with my children, I dare say, fuck them up way worse in so many aspects than the other the other losses that they've experienced. So I've had to sit down with them and explain to them, you know, this is what happens and this is why this happens and like for liberty being at the age that she was at that point you know six seven years old and austin being you know a little bit older but like these kids have this mentality now like everything's about video games and if you die in a video game all you got to do is hit that reset button and you come back with more lives i had to sit down and explain that's not real life yeah you know, grandma and grandpa and uncle Jeff, they're not coming back. You know what I mean? And, and, and to sit down and try and, and very, and being as sensitive about it as you can, you have to have these kind of conversations for them to understand the gravity of what's happening. But here's the thing. When you have these kind of conversations, whether it be about death, suicide, anything sexually related, puberty, anything that comes down the pipe, not only are you educating your kids and you are having that moment with them, more importantly as parents or, you know, it doesn't even have to be a parental slash kid uh, relationship. It could be a mentor. It could be you are learning who these kids are from the inside out. So many parents in this day and age, and we don't see this talked about, we don't hear this talked about until there's a tragedy of some sort. And then you're like, well, I had no idea my kid was even involved in that. Why? Because you have, you have deemed that other aspects of your life has been more important than getting to know who the fuck your children are. Yeah. Funda- fundament- fundamentally as individuals. Now, Somebody will hear that and they'll be like, well, they're kids. They don't know who who the fuck they are. Mm, They have a foundation. Like, they know what they like. They know what what they don't like. Like, they're starting to figure it out. It's not for us to dictate to them who they're going to be. It is to learn who they are becoming so that you can um, navigate through that. Because, yeah, at 
you know, my kids' age, your kids' age, you know, Chase being being his his age, um, you know, their likes, their interests, things of this nature, they're going to change as they get older, as they figure out who and what they are. But we have that opportunity to learn that with them and that that really strengthens that bond, that relationship with your kids, with the ones you're mentoring or teaching or what, whatever the case may be. And that doesn't get, that is so far off the radar a lot of times that you look back after 20 years and because I mean, you know, with you and Matt, you look back and be like, where'd all the fucking time go? <laughs> you know, but what you're describing is, is that you have been able to maintain that level of a relationship with him that you had, like, you know, that kid better than he does probably half the time, because number one, it's your, it's your maternal instinct. Number two, you guys have navigated through a lot of life's challenges together and you have learned and, and it's a trial and error. This worked, that didn't work. We're not doing that again. And there's been arguments, there's been disagreements, there's been fights, but that's part of the dynamic. It's part of learning who and what they are, what triggers them, how are they going to respond, what are they going to you know, say, think, feel, all, and anything under the sun. So I get it. People need to have, it ain't all about you, Jack. Once, once you start having kids, theoretically, it ain't all about you. You are now responsible for another soul another human you are responsible to to provide that leadership and and that nurturing and all of this other shit that's the difference between what makes a good parent and a shit parent you know what i'm saying so it is there are so many levels of it's not just the information that's being put out there or being talked about about learning each other about you learning your kid and more important not not more importantly but just as important they're learning about you they're learning about how they feel about you you know there's this preconceived notion that you know you're just supposed to be treated with x amount of respect and x amount of love and all this other stuff because you're the parent Uh -uh. and don't work like that yeah you know it just does not you know as long as you're on the same page or try to make an effort to be on the same page that's going to that's going to be a very uh fundamental piece of the foundation of your of your relationship i feel like right no i i totally agree you you nailed it you absolutely nailed it you know it well and and i'm i'm glad that i had this conversation with you because i like i knew you would you know bring it to another level um with I know what i do like with things that you know I hadn't even experienced which is you know like that the whole death talk like my kids have never besides like our our dog puppies like they've never had someone that they were extremely close to pass away so I I've never had to have you know like the death talk I mean like they're great grandparents had passed away um but they were they were not really like that close to them that it you know like they were sad but they didn't they weren't like as affected as like what we were and it it almost seemed like when we tried to kind of explain things to them like they knew that we were sad but they just you know life just kind of went on for them like they were sad too for a moment 
but it didn't really mean something like that. And with your kids, I, I can totally see where those three huge, you know, huge deaths are just like, oh my God, you know, where you would have to have that, that tough ass conversation with them. And, and I'm, I'm glad that you did, like, I'm glad you didn't shy away from it and just be like, you know what, I, I can't do this, you know, because that's, it's hard for you, but it's also even harder for them, you know, because they're just so little. So I'm, I'm so glad that you were able to do that, you know, for them as well. And I, I, like, I know you're, you know, you guys are the type of parents where you're, you know, you're very hands-on with your kids, which, which is amazing. It's just a lot of other people, whether it be like, they just don't have time or they're working too much or they're just too scared or they're just too fucking lazy. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it doesn't matter. It's just, I just want to bring out that these these topics, these conversations with your children, they're so important. You know, they're, they're so important to your actual child, like more important than, than what you will ever realize later on in the future. You know, it's like, it just sets the foundation. And I just, just thought it was really important to talk about. No, you're absolutely right. And it's one of these, you know, you talk about like the death aspect and a lot of it, and you nailed it or a, a little bit ago. The, it, it seems like the first time we really have to have that kind of conversation in terms of the extinguishing of life revolves around pets. You know, and it's like, oh, I want I want Fido to come back. Why isn't Fido here? Well, buddy, this is what happens, you know. Right. You know, and and it all depends on how you go about it, whether you're a religious person or whether you're not. That obviously ties into how you you conduct your conversation, because some people feel, you know, they tell them, look, they cross the rainbow bridge and God has a place in heaven for all of the souls of our pets because they're good animals and they meant so much. And God doesn't want a good soul to just go away right and then you have other people that are on the opposite end of that spectrum and i'm not i'm not here to say which way is right or wrong but you have other people that be like well son this is what happens they they turn they turn the switch off they quit breathing their heart stops and everything just ceases everything fades to black um you know it's 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 a touchy thing that's kind of rough to say to a kid right look in this consider your audience i i know i know um but a lot of it like i had to have the pet conversation with liberty because she has goldfish and (gasps) she had (laughs) no uh you know her favorite one of course it had to be the favorite one like there's 15 16 fish in this goddamn tank but the one that she liked the most she came home from school one day and that some bitch was floating upside down and like like we had we had to have that conversation with her you know and this is even after the fact that you know my mom had already passed and you know carrie's dad had passed jeff had just passed um it affected her differently you, you know what I mean? When when she come home and seen the goldfish floating. Um, but that's where a lot of that's I don't want to say it's kind of like a test on how you you tackle that kind of conversation. 
but in reality, it is. And I'm not discounting what our pets mean to us. I'm not. I don't. Like, pets are very important. They're part of the family. I get it. Like, you, anybody who know, who has known me for any length of time, like, I had two pretty amazing cats that I had for over 20 years apiece. And, um, like, they were very much a part of my family. And I was devastated. But it wasn't on the same level as losing my mother and my brother. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's, it is that test run, for the lack of a better term, for when a more monumental uh, loss happens in terms yeah. of a loved one, family member, friend, whatever the case may be. Yeah. Person. Yes, you talk about the fish. <laughs> so Matt had gotten um, two fish for his birthday. It was those Chinese fighting fish. Yeah. And he had one female and one male. Uh, the male was purple and red. And the female one was like a orangey color, whatever. He named them Clark and Steve. And I'm going to tell you, there was probably about four Clarks. <laughs> and three yeah. Steves. Because... He wouldn't notice when they would die. So we would just hurry up and go out and replace Clark and Steve. Right. Oh, fish are like the worst. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. Oh, and, and I mean, yeah, kids. I, I think kids take pets deaths super hard because like they're with them every day and they're, they're playing with them and cuddling with them and, like, I remember uh, Chase is such a huge cat lover, and we had gotten this cat, Pip, which we had found Pip on the side of the road, and he was an awesome cat, and he wasn't even, like, a year old, and, like, that was Chase's cat. He named him Pip, and it all was well. Well, Pip had a crystal blockage. And he couldn't urinate, and we didn't know what the hell was wrong with him, and we took him to the vet, and they were like, oh, yeah, I mean, we can do the surgery, but in about three weeks, you know, it's, I mean, he's probably going to get more crystals, and if he's already got a habit of having these crystals, and it's like $2,500 for this surgery, and I'm just like, mm, I can't do that. I just right. can't do it. That's that leads into another one of these tough conversations. Yeah, it's like eh, we have, yeah, we have an option to do something, but I don't want to say financially, but I mean it does come down to finances. You know what I mean? Like, well, I'm not gonna lie. I I told Chase when I was having this conversation that it was it was different. There was there was no saving him. Like I didn't tell him it was it was our choice because right, he right. probably would have murdered us in our sleep. For sure. Like he loved this fucking cat and he was devastated for for like weeks. He was devastated. And like we we got him cremated and got his paw print and I like painted pictures of Pip and he would cry about Pip and it was it was so hard and so devastating. But when the pet passes away, our vet gives you this card 
and the card explains the rainbow bridge. So basically, it's like your your guideline. They gave us the guideline of how to explain to our kids about, you know, uh, about the rainbow bridge and, and where these these pets go. So thank God for that, because I'm like, how am I going to explain dog heaven and cat heaven and, you know, just pet heaven and what Pip's doing up there. And he will even today tell you, oh, well, Pip's up in, you know, in heaven, um, wrangling all the kitties because that's what he was really good at. You know, like he <laughs> he still firmly believes that there is just a heaven for pets and kitties and dogs and they reside together. And like, that's how it is. Cause like we read this card to him. He got the keep the card, he got his paw print everything like his collar everything it was devastating I oh my goodness it, if it wasn't for that card I don't even know I wouldn't have known what to say because I never I didn't really have like a dog like die die like that you know yeah and then puppy died and when puppy died we all just I mean I I lost it I just lost it that right there is why I will never have another pet really Ever. Don't even fucking talk to me about it because you get attached to them because, you know, I will never. I I personally will never. I think uh, it's the pain for the love. Yeah, I mean, right. And that is it is a testament for the amount of feelings that you had for that animal. I totally understand it. I don't like I've been through it and like I know the pain that goes with it and I don't ever want to. I need to get a rid. I need to get away from as much pain, anxiety, drama, bullshit as I possibly fucking can. And adding another layer to that on that level is the last thing that my brain needs at this point. Am I wrong in that? Some people will say so. That's fine. I understand your point of view, but you gotta like this is how I feel. And I realize in the you know other people don't give a flying fuck about how I feel about anything, but like. As individuals, we have to deal with that. Whether or not you agree with it or not, it is something very real in our own minds and our own hearts. And if I can curb that by not <laughs> by not getting sentimentally attached to another animal, I'm 100% on board with that course of action. Will my, will my process change over the years? Maybe. I don't know. But as it stands right now, no pets. I'll be over tomorrow with a kitty. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> No, all of all of my animals are fixed except for Charlie, and that's only because I don't know whether or not I want her to have puppies. But I mean, she's only like a year old, so I I just don't know. But all my other animals are fixed. Like I was like, no, y'all cannot be having babies around here. Because right. I'm one of those people where if like Charlie got pregnant, <laughs> oh my god, I'm such an animal lover. I would keep all of the babies because I would be so upset that like Charlie would be separated from her babies. So then I would have like a million dogs in my house and then I'd really be sorry. And then I'd be like, what the fuck did I just do that for? Right. So, just, so, so with Tim. <laughs> oh, Tim would fucking kill me. He would kill me. Like I have such, even though like, I know that that's like the thing for them. Cause usually I, I think I heard like usually when dogs have, you know, mama baby, baby mamas have babies, 
like they usually um like get sick of their young and they're like god get out of my space kind of a deal like you know they're not all like uh protective over them after like so many weeks they're just like jesus could you go you know kind of a deal and i i don't know if that's true like i I don't know because like we didn't breed dogs or anything you know but I don't it's just wrong to me it's it's wrong to take babies away from their mama I don't care <laughs> like dear <laughs> I get so mad <laughs> Tim's not allowed to shoot a deer that's like under so many years older because I'll be like you just took the, ba the, the baby away from the bubba how could you do and he's just like are you fucking kidding me like he probably don't even know where the hell his mom is like he hasn't right. seen his mom in years because <laughs> they just that's the natural that's the natural thing you know they just go off on their own and they do their own things and I mean obviously how did we get our dogs they were puppies they were taken away from their mothers you know so like that's like the natural cycle but I can't do that which is why I can't hunt I can't I can cook it I just I can't shoot it and kill it because then I'm like killing something and I just can't do it I'm such yeah, a sure. sweet, even though I'm a hard ass <laughs> the delicate balance right oh I can't do it well I mean there's all kinds of different aspects in terms of you know what kind of conversations that we're going to have with our kids throughout the course of our life our lifetime regardless of uh you know how old they get yes. you know circumstances change as they get older things of this nature so i mean i i mean this is not just something that is regulated to between the ages of this and that no nope. rest of your fucking life um if Maybe. you if you're invested in your kids you know so uh, we would like to have your feedback. Uh, anybody that has had a, a story or, or something about something that they have had um, either a not so great conversation or an amusing one, like we, we would love to have that kind of feedback and we can actually kind of circle back around on the next episode here and kind of read a couple of those on the air uh, just to see what other people have done or, or things of this nature. Because, I mean, we, we, we've kind of laid out a lot of the negative that goes along with that, but there's positives too. You know, so if, if you have, if anybody has a story or something along those lines that you would like to share on the air, we would love to, uh, you know, know about it, read it. You can send us uh, a direct message to our Facebook page. Just look for The Real Podcast or Klaus of the Heart dot at, at, at gmail.com is our email address at this point. Uh, so, yeah, any kind of feedback, I'm 100% I'm on board with. Absolutely. Just let us know. Speaking of doggies. <laughs> I know, you hear mine? Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to throw in on here before we put a bow on this? No, thank you. All right. Great, great conversation. Great topic, as always. Okay. So, and uh, keep up with the uh, with Juju Sweets. Check them out over on Facebook. Um, if you are not familiar, just go to the PFC Entertainment network page or the real podcast page there is links so we have shared it several times um you know check them out amy's doing some great shit over there and i am coming over over the course of this weekend and i need to try a cookie you better i'm, I'm gonna save a little pack just for you all right 
well, I'm, I'll be heading into town, uh, well, sometime Saturday for sure. So, okay. Uh, we'll, uh, my people call your people. We'll, we'll make it happen. <laughs> so, uh, with that, we appreciate everybody tuning in this week. And we will be back here in two weeks with the next episode of The Real Podcast. Next week at this time, assuming I get all my ducks in a row, and I feel like I have now that I've kind of got the new studio set up here, uh, you will get a new episode of The Turnbuckle Time Machine. Uh, I feel like Levi Blue is going to join us on that panel. He brought up a great uh, topic, uh, idea wrestlers that are not in the wwe hall of fame that should be oh, and vice yeah, versa I've seen that post. so uh it's it's gonna be a good conversation look for that next saturday here on the network and until then be awesome to yourselves and to each other we'll see you next time right here on the real podcast on the pfc entertainment network The calendar has flipped into another month, and now springtime is upon us. With that comes the all-important prom season. Now, unfortunately, there's a lot of girls in the Genesee County area that miss out on this wonderful experience because, well, they don't have a dress. I want to tell you about this cool program, this, this very cool drive that is being orchestrated by the UAW Local 598 Women's Committee. Now, what they're asking for is for anyone who has any new or gently used prom or homecoming dresses that they have no use for to be donated. The Women's Committee will take the collection of dresses to Forever Bella. They are a dress shop that works with Genesee County Schools to provide girls in need free dresses so that they can attend their prom. The only requirement is that the dresses be cleaned and from a smoke-free home. And the dresses that are not suitable for prom are donated by Forever Bella to Angels Above, the Whaley's Children's Center, and Flat Rock Assisted Living for their adult prom. If you have a dress in your closet that is no longer of use for you, we encourage you to donate them at the UAW Local 598 Union Hall on G3293 Vance Lake Road in Flint. They are accepting donations until April the 21st. If you can help out these girls in need, it would be very much appreciated. And we thank you for your consideration to donating to this very important cause.